This episode of The Regular Podcast is brought to you by FlavorMedia.us. That is F-L-A-V-V-A media.us man flavor is here to represent the voices of the creatives and artists who may need that push to take the next leap into turning their passion into a reality man coldest new media company out i'm telling you is run by a black woman get over to flavormedia.us easy Good, y'all. I'm back for another episode of the regular podcast. It's just me by myself, so I'm gonna be real quick. I'm gonna be real quick. Hold up, let me adjust my mic right quick. Uh, okay. The reason I be trying to adjust my mic is because, like, I don't like the P sound. Like, you know, the p- p- I don't like that sound in, in the headphones, and I'm not advanced enough in my audio engineering I- ideologies to know how to really stop that from happening i could get like a spit catcher and put it above uh, in front of the mic which i guess i should do that while i'm saying that it will dampen some of that that p sound and you know the the hard p's and things of that sort but i don't have one right now so you know it is what it is but how y'all doing i'm cool i'm cool actually a guy from my hometown, Youngstown, man, he said he was putting together a documentary. And in my mind, I've been thinking lately, I want to narrate some shit. So narrating, as in, you know, be the voice behind something. I think I could do it. On here, I speak more fluently and informal than anything. But when it comes to a script, I think I could do that. I've been thinking about that lately for like the last couple weeks anyway. Not saying I want to make a career out of it. I just want to do it. You know what I mean? I just want to see how I would be if I did it. And then he posted that. I'm like, yeah. I, he said, any. I think he said, I'm thinking about doing a documentary. Who want to be down or whatever. I said, yo, I'm trying to narrate. He said, cool. Bet. I said, can I do it? He was like, yeah, I'll send you the information. I don't know how, how serious he is about doing a documentary. And I don't know how serious he is about allowing somebody in another place to work on it with them at all because like I said I'm from there but I don't live there and I I would understand if he was like nah we want to go with somebody that still live here so that would make sense to me but if he could or if anybody else is out there thinking yo let me get this somebody I need somebody to narrate something man let me do it let me do it and guess what I'll do it for free you know why because I just want to do it. Normally, when y'all see me taking on certain projects, I don't mind doing it because I just like doing stuff. Like, I have a job, but some things I just like to do as hobby. You know what I mean? I don't really be, like, I know a lot of people might think, you know what I mean? I probably focus on, I think about money, I talk about numbers and all that, but that don't mean I just do every, I don't do everything for money. I can do things, but I would rather just do stuff because I feel like doing it sometimes. You know what I mean? And certain things interest me. So that's why I get on here speaking. You you rarely ever see a video of me anywhere, of my face or anything like that. But I record these podcasts because it's just what I like to do. I like just talking shit. But I will speak non-shit 
and you know speak some some truth in a documentary if anybody wants to let me be a part of it i would gladly do it anyway that was just that happened that was a conversation that happened earlier today so i was just thinking about it but uh y'all said y'all was cool i'm cool i so like i said it's gonna be real brief today I wanted to talk about a few things, one of them being net neutrality. I know a lot of y'all probably don't care about that because, you know what I mean, all y'all care about is, feel me, like Michael Jordan versus LeBron, or y'all care about, like, Takashi versus Chief Keith, or y'all might just care about, you know what I mean, whatever the newest thing is happening, you know, whatever's on Instagram at the time, whoever got the biggest butt, you know what I mean, I don't know what people care about. I haven't seen many people on my timeline. Maybe I need to follow more people talking about the net neutrality situation. So I'm going to get into that. But I do have a quick question to ask y'all because I have an idea on it. And I guess I should have waited. I should have did this with Shay, but I just felt like let me just ask y'all and then y'all can get back with me. Give me y'all take. The next time I have Shay on, she can give me her take and y'all, you know, we can bounce ideas off each other. But like, I seen um, the homie back home, Google me Lee. She probably ain't listening to this, but uh, but I was thinking about it anyway. What, what When do y'all think is a good time for a person to stop trying to be a rapper? Like, I, I, I found this interesting, and not from her post, but just because I always think about it when I think about, all right, I'm 27 now. I remember when, when we was teenagers in high school or whatever like that, and people was rapping. To me, that seemed perfectly cool, perfectly normal, whatever like that. But now, 13, 12, 13 years later, I'm think I'm looking at the way my life is. And I know everybody's life is not like mine, but I'm just saying I'm thinking the way my life is. And I'm thinking, like, I don't know when I would have time to be trying to become a famous rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying I couldn't make time. But if I made time to do that, then it would be a whole lot of other stuff I couldn't do. You feel what I'm saying? And like some of the people that's rapping, they're not 27. They don't have a kid. They don't have a lady. They don't have a house. They don't they don't have a job. Some of them are just like, that's what they focus on. But I'm just thinking some of y'all do have kids. And it's not even, I'm not even asking rappers. I'm asking just the listeners, when do y'all think is a is a time? Because this is the way I look at, all right. I'm not even going to say that there's a time when you should stop rapping because I don't look at rap as this art. It's rap is art, but I don't look at it like that. I don't think so many people are trying to rap because they want to be artists. I look at rap and I look at the black community and I know a lot of people make a lot of jokes about dudes being rappers and all this shit. I look at rap in the black community as people look at rap. I think the same way they look at the lottery or sports. I think a lot of people are doing it because they dream and fantasize about what life would be like if they were rich and famous, a.k.a. not poor. I'm not saying the only people that try to rap are poor people, but the majority of people out here trying to rap are impoverished, poor black men or black boys. That's the vast majority. And this ain't even about race. That just happens to be who the people are that are trying to do the most, that are attempting the most at rap and putting other things on hold because they would like to rap. I don't think they're doing it because just like I don't I feel like 
if rap wasn't as popular right now, they would be doing whatever else was the popular thing. You feel me? Because think about, um, let's say, 10 years ago. Everybody was trying to rap like Wayne. But now when you hear, and I know some of y'all probably disagree with that, but that's just what was happening. People was trying to come out. The way they would try to come out is they would try to rap like Lil Wayne. And not that they were trying to copy him, but that was what was hot. So they were saying, "This is I can do that, so let me do it. You see, all every few years, you see the times changing of what people are attempting to do to make it out of the situation they're in. Right now, what you see now is the big fad of the short dreads, the short colorful dreads, tattoos on the face. It's not that they want to do that. It's the fact that that's what's hot and that's what people are doing to make it out. A lot of the people that are actually making it are not from the impoverished areas, but the people in the impoverished areas are doing it too, trying to make it out. I think I think the way people use rap now is the same way they use the lottery. And there's people who've been playing the lottery since they were young, very young people, and they never stopped, and they never hit the lottery, yet they kept going. There's some people who never made it in, in sports, but they keep on playing, trying to get better and better. Now, I don't think they... I think sports is different because your body breaks down, so eventually you just do it for fun. Music, though, I think people who make music always fantasize about making it rich and famous. But I say, when should people stop? Or when is it too, not too late, uh, how old is too old to keep doing that? Because I see that conversation a lot. In, in the community because a lot of people seem like they make a joke out of people who make music when they're not young. Somebody past like the age of 28, 29, if, they, if somebody is like past 25 and they're still dedicating a whole lot of time to making music, people probably are clowning them. But I don't know if that's fair though. You know what I'm saying? Because I just think of... I think it's a I think it's a mental thing. I don't think I just I think if it was 50 years ago, I think these people would be the same ones forming up all the R&B groups. I don't think it would just be like they were been they would have been rapping no matter what's going on. Like no, whatever is happening, that's what they would be doing. So that's why when people like Nipsey Hussle and even my man uh Lester back home, people that are in the neighborhoods and they talk about yo we need to make tech we need to make programming and coding cool you know why because they understand the reason so many of these kids is trying to rap is because rap has been made cool everybody thinks rap is cool rap is cool it's the most popular thing on the planet i think it's borderline religion now and not even borderline i think it is a religion probably the biggest religion in the world right so with people who understand that you need to just reshape what people think is cool. If people think, if they can now start to relate to people who run businesses outside of the entertainment industry, then they will also try to copy that the same way they try to copy rap and things that rappers do. Rappers just have had the, the pretty much a monopoly on what cool is for the last 20 plus years. So that's where you see a large portion of young black dudes trying to get into it. Even people, even somebody like me who I wanted, I, I knew what I wanted to do in life early. I didn't end up doing it because I got in trouble, but I, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in the construction world on the side of engineering. I wanted to be a civil engineer. I knew that young. 
And I still was rapping as a teenager. I made music like all the I was in the Navy. I was in Afghanistan making rap and I had studio equipment out there and I was rapping over there. Like it's just it's not even and I'm not even saying that that um I put a whole lot of time into it. But even making a single song, I was thinking like, dang, what if somebody hear this and they like it and then I could be rich? Not saying I think anybody making music is doing that. I think they all think, what if the right people hear this and it's hot? I will blow up. Everybody who makes a song thinks that. Unless they don't put it out. I made a lot of songs that I never put out because I never really cared about being famous or nothing like that. I mean, after I got out of high school. In high school, I pretty much had all my music was on MySpace. You know, little group we had called the Renegades or whatever like that. Back then, it was going up on MySpace. But I made a lot of music that never came out because I wasn't doing it for that. I don't, I don't care to be famous or nothing like that. But I do, I do want to be rich, though. But I don't think we should look at people and clown them because they're making rap. I think they're they rapping and making music and things like that beyond the years we deem accept, acceptable, I think they're doing it out of desperation a lot of times. So I just want to have a little empathy for people in these situations, man. I feel I feel bad because I know that, like, even though Trump is out here talking about, oh, we at full employment, we at the lowest unemployment we didn't had in 50 years and all that, you see a lot of people retweeting and reposting and a lot of these news uh, organizations running these stories and things like that. Black men still have the highest unemployment in the country. It's almost double. I'm not going to say double because I haven't looked at it since um, since uh, for in a while, in a few months. So I will say it is definitely a few percentage points higher than the national average, which is a lot of people, millions of people. Black men unemployed. Black women also. Black women's unemployment rate is much, much, much higher than uh, the average of women all over the country Black men have the highest though And so What I'm saying is I believe that these things are connected I don't think I think if if Black economies Were as stable as others I don't think there would be As many people trying to be artists In any way you want to use The word artist in any way I don't think there would be as many people because I think they're using it like the lottery. And we don't clown any. We might clown somebody if they seem addicted to the lottery. But if somebody goes and they just, you know, scratch off every few days, few days a week and all, we don't even look at it. We just say, oh, he playing the number. Oh, if he hit, oh, you know, thing hit a couple of days ago for the three, he got $500. We don't look at that like it's a bad thing. So, and even though your chances of winning are very slim, just like your chances of becoming a famous rapper are very, very, very slim, we clown those people. But we don't look at the trauma that caused them to even do that. A lot of y'all probably don't look at it like trauma. I do. That's just how I see it, man. But like I said, I will get everybody else's opinion and then I'll come back. Maybe what I'll do, maybe I'll take a couple callers next rip and we can see how y'all feel and let y'all speak to the people. Excuse me. Let y'all speak to the people about how y'all feel about people making music and what is too old for rapping. That's just my opinion. I will definitely get Shay on here and she'll give her opinion on it another time. Like I said, the majority of what I came on here to talk. Let me let me see. Do I got Oh, another thing I needed to add from last week's episode. I, I 
was talking about prison reform, right, and all this. My episode wasn't even supposed to be about that. I just seen that they came up with a new prison reform act, and that threw me all the way off. I brought all the prison reform stuff up because I wanted to say, yo, that stuff is federal. All that prison reform stuff that they have going on with Trump and, and all these people in the Department of Justice, that's federal. The vast majority of people incarcerated in America are in state facilities, state correctional facilities, whether private or public. They're state prisoners. They don't they're not run by those rules that they come. So all the rules I gave you all last week, the new stuff, part of the first um, the first step act, it doesn't apply to state prisoners. Now, a lot of times throughout history, state some not not a lot of times I'll say sometimes especially with the um abolishment of parole the states will follow the federal government when it comes to some of these rules like they did with mandatory minimum sentencing and things like that so they do follow sometimes I don't, they don't always follow exactly so what i wanted to say is we don't exactly need prison reform prison reform goes it speaks more to what happens to people while they're incarcerated? We need sentencing reform. We need justice in the courtrooms. We need that part of it to change. Because once you are convicted, I mean, yo, how, how you can look at it how you want it or not. Society is not going to look at you the same way. There needs to be more diversion programs. Society is not going to look at you the same way once you get convicted. It don't matter if you go up in there and you're able to get free tampons or not. When you come out that muck, it, or let's just say, uh, let's just say we just focus on prison reform, right? So they make prison much more humane and much more, you know, corrective and all that stuff. But if you got 30 years, you're not going to be able to use many of those tools when you come out because you went in at 25, you're coming out as a senior citizen. So what we need, they're trying to work on everything on the back end. You know why? Because on the back, people ignore. They say, oh, we have change happening. When we have change happening, people are, that's a way to pacify people. You understand? That's a way to make people calm down on some of these hard conversations we having about criminal justice. When they haven't put together a police brutality bill. You understand? So so let's that's us taking it all the way back, all the way forward to the arrest. All the way back. Let's not even we once we got the prison reform, we're talking about you might be okay, you want to treat somebody better that has life. How about we go back to the part where you arrested them in the first place and and gave them some extra charges that they shouldn't have had? That's the reform that we need. You understand? People, this is what they do in states, and I, I'll just tell you what they do, what they did what they do in Virginia and what they did. What they do is they'll charge you with some some heavy things and then they'll charge you with some light shit. So what that what they do that for is because that stuff just adds up. It compounds. It just makes your sentence longer. So then when it's time for you to take a deal or when they offer you a deal, you're gonna take it once they say, we'll throw all this other stuff away. Just take this one charge. When you, when you hear somebody say, we'll throw away four charges, take this one, you're going to say, okay. Well, I mean, you're gonna, what you're going to do is you're going to – I'll just tell you. I'm not even going to tell you about it. Um, you will take that deal. The reason is because in your mind, you're thinking 
man, whatever I got to do to be, unless you know for sure that you can beat the case, you're going to take the deal. And you're going you, you're gonna to take the deal when they, when they um, agree to throw them other charges away. What they do in Virginia, they don't throw those other charges away. They do this thing. I cannot remember the name of it. It's not suspended. Suspended is what they do to a sentence. They do a thing where pretty much they sit your charges to the side. They didn't dismiss them. It means if any time up to a year, they can come back and charge you with all that stuff that they told you they weren't going to uh, convict or charge you of. I just forget the name of it right now, but it happened to me. They didn't bring it back, but it, it happened where they took um, four of my charges and they put them to the side, and then I just took the one. This is what these states do. So they do this, and then they sentence you to however they want to sentence you. And then we talk about prison reform. So, oh, now they make it so I can get a good job while I'm in prison. But the fact that I ever had to go, not me, I'm just saying anybody. The fact that anybody has to go for stupid reasons a lot of times is the problem. You have, you have people that get life for drugs. That is not, that's not cool. Because this is the thing, a lot of people... Based on rules and laws and what's legal and illegal, a lot of people have this idea that selling drugs is bad. Selling drugs is not inherently bad. So what we do is we blame drug dealers when other people take drugs and get addicted to drugs and things like that. They say things like, oh, he destroying the community by doing this. No, they're not destroying the The only reason you think that drugs selling drugs is bad for people on the streets is because the law said so. But it's not bad. Because if they had a, a license, the law wouldn't say it was bad. That means the drug dealing is not the problem. They shouldn't be charged with drug or selling narcotics. And they should be charged with um, not having a license. And then we know we have certain illegal drugs. But we know fentanyl and we know heroin. These are not illegal drugs. But they charge people on the street with this. They're not. So let me clarify. They're not illegal drugs because they are distributed in medical facilities, in medical settings. So the drug itself is not illegal. You feel what I'm saying? That's like like cocaine and, and cocaine and um, cocaine and, and meth. That's illegal. Those drugs themselves are illegal. Opium, opioids, they're not illegal. Factories are making those. Those are being made by chemists. Scientists make those drugs, and those drugs are created legally. So, so anyway, I just got sidetracked. So when you say that somebody should be in jail for life for selling drugs when really their only crime was selling a product without a license. The only, like, the only true crime is going against... Okay, they committed a crime because laws have been put in place. But against humanity, they have not committed a crime. You can't say that they're destroying. They're not destroying anything because guess what? If those black people don't sell those drugs to those people, they're going to get them from somebody. And guess what? The drugs that a lot of people most... Majority of people are hooked on right now opioids. They can get those from any pharmacy. Now it might be a little. They might have to run some game to get them from a pharmacy, but they can still get them from a pharmacy. In those pharmacies, nobody in the pharmacy will be arrested. Nobody at the factory will be arrested because those pre people overdosed on any drug, any of those opium opioids. So what I'm saying is criminal justice reform, and not criminal justice because that sounds stupid to me. Prison reform. Is okay, but is not, and it's on a federal level. It's okay on a federal level, but it does not clear up the bulk of the damage that we have sustained from this war on black bodies on the hand in the hands of American police forces. 
All right. Because the majority are locked up in state cages, state run cages. All right. Human zoos. And yes, when you're in there, they bring civilians in there to watch you and look not watch you, but they bring them when you're in prison. They bring people that are not in prison that do not work for the prison in there to look at you and observe you and shit like that. Not every day, but they definitely do it. That's zoo shit. That's what that's what you do at a zoo. It's a human zoo. All right. And that's not even where I'm the most offended. My I'm not even it's not even about being offended or not. It's about the fact that we need to focus because and not even saying everybody need to do everything. I'm just saying don't don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked by certain conversations, which will make you think we have made progress when really 1.5 million people have not even been affected by that prison reform act because it doesn't affect them. And that's just people in prisons. That's not even counting all the people on probation. We don't even I don't even know how many people are on probation in America. It, it, it's no telling. Think about all the people that can't vote right now and how many of them are black men because you can't vote while you're on probation or while you're in jail. All right. So that was something that I wanted to uh, I meant to say. And I didn't it's not that I meant to say everything I just said, but I meant to say and if I said anything wrong cuz I was speaking kind of fast and I didn't write this down. If I was if I said anything wrong, y'all let me know and we we'll, we'll get back to it like that. All right, boom. Net neutrality. All right, so it's a, it's a thing going on called net neutrality. All y'all people who don't care about stuff like this, go ahead and turn it off or matter of fact, you can just take the headphones out and let it play. You can let the podcast play so that I still get the the listen that I should get. I don't know how SoundCloud counts it. Anywho, net neutrality. I see a lot of people that still have not looked it up from the last time I spoke about it. It has officially been repealed as of June 11th, which was two days ago. Today is the 13th. It has been officially repealed. It's out of here. And what net neutrality is is something that Obama and his people put in place. Pretty much what what a lot of people are saying in the government right now is net neutrality. The rules under Obama were old school, called Title II from 1934. They put it in place to govern the Internet and govern Internet service providers. A lot of people had an issue with it. But these people who had issues with it were mainly corporate folks and rich people. They had an issue with... I won't just say rich people. It was companies that had an issue with it. They had an issue with it because they say it was out of date. And they say it stopped it stopped Internet service providers from ISPs from investing in new infrastructure. Now, ISPs, y'all know what ISP is. That would pretty much be the people who provide you Internet. That would be the AT&Ts, the Comcast, the Time Warners. The, you know, people like that, the people who you get, who you pay to have Internet at your house or whatever. That's an ISP. Now, what they what they did. See, they when you when you read the news and things like that, they they make it seem like the FCC just repealed net neutrality. And now it's about to be a free for all Internet service providers about to start charging people out the ass to have Internet. And they about to, you know, they're going to charge you to make tweets and, and make Facebook posts. And all. that's not what's happening. First of all, they didn't just repeal net neutrality. They repealed it and put in place a, a new system called, well, the Restoring Internet Freedom Order. Right. And you can go to FCC.gov and you can read about it yourself. So they didn't just take away the um, chapter two. 
which was what what we called um, net neutrality. They didn't just take it away. They replaced it with a, with another framework, what they call it, for protecting Internet freedom. They have three main main keys. You know, consumer protection is the number one. Transparency is number two. And number three is they remove unnecessary regulations to promote broadband investment. That that third one seems to be kind of a game a little bit. So what I would like you all to do, if you care about this, I would like you to go to FCC.gov and read about it. If you read a because I just read a couple articles from news organizations, if you read those more than likely you will get biased information. And by biased, I mean they're not going to tell you what the rules say. They're going to tell you how they interpret it. I never liked that. I don't care who said it. I would rather see the regulation myself, and then I'll read what I want to read from it. I'm not going to take your opinion about it as fact because that doesn't make sense. I can read and understand just like you can. So why would your interpretation be more valuable than mine to me? So I'm not doing it. That's not how I roll. So I would I would suggest that you go to the website itself, FCC.gov, and read what they say. Now, this is this goes into what I was saying about Ben Carson last week or whatever week it was, a couple weeks ago. Because this FCC, the head of the FCC, this is another department of government. This person was appointed by Trump. It's the same thing as the as the um the HUD, Department of Housing and Urban Development. It's the same thing. These people make major decisions. You cannot throw them out because you don't agree with Trump. You know why? Because they make decisions that will and are going to affect your life in, in, in the immediate future. They can do things without. Listen, we have to keep our eyes open to all of this stuff. I'm, I'm sure that y'all have seen it, and it's not that I'm thinking that y'all haven't seen it. I'm just pointing it out. If you are paying attention, you're doing a good job because this is, this is shit that you need to be paying attention to. The FCC did not just repeal net neutrality and left the Internet open. So they're not uh, ISPs are not going to start charging you crazy-ass bills and all that. Consumer protection. That they, so with consumer, if you know about the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, um, with Obama's net neutrality bill, I guess, see, because I didn't read net neutrality when Obama had put it out. I guess that he took the power away from the FTC to govern all of the Internet service providers. I'm assuming, based on what I'm reading here, that the FCC is giving that power back to the Federal Trade Commission to police all actions. OK, everything they, they need to com- police it to make sure companies don't get too big and they need to make sure that companies are not slowing down certain websites and certain applications in favor of other applications like Netflix, which a lot of people were complaining about that. Not people, but a lot of uh, Internet companies, you know, web based companies were saying these Internet service providers are slowing down my stuff because Netflix is using too much of broadband and all that. And I remember hearing one time. Netflix is using like 40% of the bandwidth on the planet. Now, I don't even know, like, I don't know who my listeners are because I don't even know. But if y'all know anything about the planet and all the damn bandwidth we have on the planet for Netflix as one streaming service. And there are a bunch of streaming services out here in the world for Netflix to be using 40 percent 
of that is unreal. Shit don't even make no sense. So anyway, I guess that's the reason Obama came up with the net neutrality shit. They said it was slowing down other websites so that Netflix could stream faster. And I guess Netflix was paying companies to make sure that they could stream faster. So say they said F other companies. I don't know if that's true, but that was definitely the word. I remember hearing it when it was happening. And that was about 2012, I think. So, um, excuse me for my umming. So anyway, number two, that's the that's the number one thing, consumer protection. Number two, transparency. We all know what that means. Well, maybe we don't. Transparency means every uh, they are going to make every Internet service provider publish. That means they have to make it public on their own website or on the FTC's website. I mean, the FCC's website. They have to make it public what they are doing with their information. Meaning, network management practices, performance, and commercial terms of service. Network management practices, meaning what they're doing with their network, meaning how are they... Actually, I don't know exactly how deep they're going. I know what network management means. I don't know how strict they're going to be on these uh, internet service providers, so let me not even go there with it. Performance... Okay, so boom. Y'all can figure out what that means from there. And then the unnecessary remove unnecessary regulations to promote broadband investment they say that a lot of these internet service providers have not been willing to invest in infrastructure because there's no point because there's no point to do it because everybody's getting treated the same anyway so why would i spend money on new cables and new new uh new fiber you know when i don't have to Everybody's getting the same service, so I don't need to put more money in it. I'll just take your money and then that'll just be it. So now they're saying maybe, you know, we might get them to invest in some things. So if they invest in infrastructure, supposedly our Internet services will get faster. But, you know, when they invest, you know, they're going to charge more. So, you know, that's kind of a double edged sword. Actually, I'm kind of comfortable where speeds are at right now. I feel like they're kind of good. I can watch anything I want to watch. I can stream anything I want to stream. I'm not buffering all crazy. So actually, I feel like some bullshit might be coming <laughs> with this cuz I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I will sp- now I I took enough of y'all time, but I'm going to speed through the rest of this cuz we already had 33 minutes and I'm by myself talking about my shit that I know everybody don't care about. Boom. AT&T is buying Time Warner. Why does that matter? Because Time Warner is a content provider. Meaning they own stations, they own networks and things that make content. Hold on, Shay calling me. Hello. Hey. What's up? How was your day? It was cool. How was yours? <laughs> okay, not bad. Okay. I'm recording a podcast right now and I'm almost done. So I will hit you back in quick, soon. Uh, all right. All right. Bye. All right, y'all. So, oh, hold up. Let me turn this on. All right. So, uh, like I said, Time Warner is a content provider. Meaning, now I, I just told you about ISPs, right? And I told you how all this stuff is about to work. Time Warner provides content, meaning they own channels and networks and things. AT and T provides a service to bring it to your house so by that means essentially everything that time warner produces 
can be pretty much brought to your home at no cost to them. Why? Because their parent company owns the fibers that run underground and the set, you know, the fibers that run underground and come to your house. It's almost like it's not that it's going to be free for them to provide it. But just imagine this. Imagine going from being a passenger on a train to owning the rail line. It's not free to to drive on a train to um have a, a train ride, but it's a lot cheaper when you own the rail. The rail is already in place. That means you can get back and forth at cost, meaning whatever it costs for fuel is the only thing it costs for you to get back and forth. You don't have to pay ticket prices and all this other shit. You, so that's pretty much what Time Warner is gaining. Time Warner as a company and their content gains from being under the AT&T umbrella. Their cost to be uh, distributed to customers just went down tremendously because their parent now is a Internet service provider and they just provide service, cable and Internet. So this is a big deal, which goes in line with the other conversation about net neutrality. Another merger and acquisition that we have on the, on the books, which is AT&T and Time Warner shit just got approved. So that joint is, 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 is in the works. It's about to go down. It's happening. Now, this other thing. Eight, uh, who, who, was I, who was I talking about? Okay. I got this dumbass ad that just popped. All right, boom. So now, on the other hand, Comcast and Disney are battling for... The purchase of Fox. The interesting thing here is Disney is not an internet service provider. Comcast is. So that should just tell you how big Disney is. Disney's a content provider. And they're trying to purchase another content provider uh, competing with Comcast, which is an um, internet service provider. Okay, we know why Comcast would like to buy them. Comcast also owns Universal, NBC. They own everything under those umbrellas. Comcast is massive. Massive company. They put a bid in for $65 billion to buy Fox. We know, we know about Fox. Fox 21st Century, they, they do movies. They have a bunch of TV shows. They have networks. I mean, they're a big company too. Comcast is trying to buy them $65 billion in cash. Disney is trying to buy them for $52.4 billion in stock. So, I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer at this point, but I think that that $65 billion bid just got put in like today. So, you know, or it just got made public today. So we, we'll see where they go from there. But this all falls in line with this Internet service provider conversation we were just having about net neutrality. This is a big deal, man. Comca and, you know, Disney, Disney is a beast. Disney is out here killing it with the movie game. But Disney, if they want to complete the cipher, they need what Fox has because Fox has some 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 licenses that they need. And they don't want to keep on having to buy them from Fox just to make a movie about something. Actually, they're not going to buy. If Fox has it, they just have it. And Disney is only going to make movies about what they have the license to make movies for. So and Comcast, they just want to own some more stuff. Pretty much. And I think they also want to make sure Disney doesn't get uh, Fox because, well, you know, Universal, they're a big studio, so Comcast is a massive, massive power, though, in this situation, man, so we can watch this closely, everybody, you know, y'all y'all watch it, or maybe you ain't interested in it, you don't have to watch it, it is what it is, but uh, 
I just suggest that if you care anything about the state of the world, also, please don't be sidetracked by all this stuff. Everything I just talked about is mainly entertainment, even the the, the um, FCC thing. The FCC controls, they are the governing body for everything that transmits a signal. That means even your smartwatch has an FCC sticker on it. It should. If it doesn't, that it should. FCC governs everything that transmits a signal. If you have a, a, a you know, you know your little key fob that you use to get inside your vehicle, the FCC has to approve those to be made. That's how. That's how the FCC controls anything that transmits a signal. It don't matter what it is. I mean, in America, of course, in America, that's the Federal um, Communications uh, Commission. They control any, any and everything. And if you're out here with some, if you created a device and it does not have FCC approval and you're using it to transmit signals on a broad, on a, on a bandwidth that somebody else has the license for, because nobody owns a bandwidth. You only have licensing for it, which is strange. You know, the American government, they have taken ownership of air. But that's a conversation for another day. If you are operating like that, somebody will tell on you because there are people out here that are monitoring all the airwaves. If you if you operate in somebody's brand, um, broad, um, bandwidth, somebody will tell on you and you will get a fine. It's not something you'll go to jail for, but you will get a fine, though. And they're serious about that shit. So and I know this because I have worked with this type of stuff this is you know this is just what i have been working with pretty much all my adult life this job i have now is the first you know kind it's like the first real job that i had that i didn't work with that shit so uh yeah besides you know the little landscape thing i did in the moving company but i only did that for a total of like seven months so yeah like i said real job anyway that's all I got for y'all, man. I want y'all to make sure y'all get at me about the rapper conversation, man. Let me know if y'all, you know, what y'all think about the age on rappers and all that. And I think I'll get back. I might. I think I might record another one this weekend with Shay and then get back on my, my other schedule. But I think people prefer to listen to these joints during the week. When I was dropping them on Sunday, the, the, the um people wasn't really engaging as much. So I'm thinking maybe I need to get back to just dropping on, or not get back to, but just stay on the weekly during the week. We'll see. But I appreciate you for listening, man. Hit me up at um, reg, R-E-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's regpodcast at gmail.com or get at me on Twitter at kilo underscore righteous. Like I said, I am willing to narrate your life story if you'd like me to. I'm down for it. I can read well. You understand? And yeah, so anyway, I can read. Get at me, y'all.